1: You have to believe that you can do something that nobody else has done. And somehow that concept has to become reality. Somebody's got to be complained. It's off his draft. That last run, in fact, again, they push the pile for the first. And the pass is picked off. It's picked up by David Harris. who gets away from Brady. What a turn of events. Now being chased out by Trampeter at the 10-yard line. Suddenly the Jets defense responds.
0: But it looks like the were ready
1: to drive it right down the field. You're listening to No Fly Zone Radio. with a good Welcome to the No Fly Zone Radio Show. All the way from across the pond, here are your hosts, Biff Sweeney and Richard Tindley. Welcome to No Fly Zone Radio. Um, I'm your host, Biff Sweeney, joined here by my good friend, draft tech analyst, Mr. Rich Tindley. Rich, how are we getting on?
0: Very well, I think, uh, yeah, there's not really a lot to say. The Jets are are gone for another season. the final ale in the coffin came at the hands of Gino Smith and uh, a former head coach of the Jets as well. So um, maybe even a bit more of a bit of pills to swallow, but like, yeah, probably just a bit raw still at this moment in time and just kind of looking over the the debris of the season, shall we say, and what kind of needs improving and, and things like that, which kind of isn't really changing over the years, you know, but yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit disheartening to kind of feel like that you went like and lost that many games in a row and you couldn't manage to win one or two of them, you know, to keep you in the hunt. But, yeah, I suppose it's probably where we would have potentially thought we would have been at the start of the year. We we both kind of said between seven and ten wins. Like, yeah, we got a little bit overexcited excited during the season when we thought, actually, we've got a defence here that can probably win us an extra game or two. And, yeah, I think we just kind of... Uh, we used too much gas at the start and ran out at the finish. You know, maybe all gas, maybe a bit more like, how would you say, concerted gas for the to, so that you complete the journey might
1: be the way to go. Yeah, for me, I'm not... Like, I was dis- I'm disappointed their Lost games and that them throw the playoffs. But look, it's better than winning two games and then the whole season's gone. And there's progress there from last year, a lot of progress, but like that, the Jets are going to have to go back to the draw uh, the draw board and see who they want to keep and who they want to let go because they're going to have to cut a lot of players to make up some free cap space because they don't have much cap space at the moment and certain players that they brought in in free agency last year, last March, haven't worked out has um, been uh, really uh, and
0: he's due a yeah. lot of money next year. Like he's fifteen. You know, I think he's due next year. Yeah, something like that. I was gonna say close to seventeen, I thought it was his cap hit, but yeah, I think it's over fifteen, like and he hasn't really covered himself in glory so far, you know. Oh. So like and like there's a lot of dead money if you cut him. So yeah, that's a yeah, tough one moving forward.
1: You've got Brown as well, like he came in, done a job at left tackle, but he's worn down and he's he's nearly the same age as me and uh, 21 (laughs) yeah but like you've got the likes of Mosley Mosley there middle linebacker as well and he was carrying an injury the weekend he's getting up there in age he's due a massive cap hit next year um, think, and a half million. yeah, and I said it earlier in the season, um, that the Jack Jets' weakest point is the middle of the defense. Um, like Mosley he's, he's okay, he's a good player, but he's not the player he used to be. Um, outside of that, you've got safeties there with question marks. I think the Jets need to go look either high in the draft or. Bring in a top-end safety because they're very weak at safety. Um, the offensive line needs to be sorted because they've killed nearly two quarterbacks this year. And they need to either figure out if they're going to keep Wilson and let him sit like Jordan Love behind the vet for a couple of years and see how he goes because um, – he looked lost an awful lot of times and he wasn't able to throw a 10-yard pass to a, um, a running back on a screen, which is shocking. Um, he couldn't read the blitz. And then you've got Mike White there that came back and he looked like... Yeah, he looked like Zach Wilson last week. I don't think he was fully equipped mentally and physically to start, to be honest. He
0: played afraid again. Like, there was a few yeah. throws there. That resembled throw Zach Wilson made when he was under pressure and didn't trust yeah. his O-line anymore. And Mike White played like a guy that didn't trust that O-line. He played scared. He wanted to
1: get rid of the ball before he was hit again. Yeah. And then you've got two Titans there that you brought in that are on mm-hmm. hefty wages. Like you got the guy they brought in from Cincinnati. Um, he's 30-31 now. And he's not... He's not fast. He's good blocking tight end at the moment. He's not fast. Um, you've got Conklin there that had the, a dose of the drops this year, which is very unlike him. But like that as well, some of the quarterback throws that were thrown to Conklin were very high instead of throwing them to the numbers. Mm-hmm. So there's holes there. There's Look, we're way ahead of what we were last year. The, the draft yeah. the draft we had last year covered up an awful lot of holes. Um and then you've got Lawson there. He's he's due fifteen million as well next year. Do you bring him back? Then you've got the center there, he's I think he's ten or eleven cap hit this year, he's a free agent next year. Do you bring him back? I don't know, I'd look to replace him in the draft. I guess my next
0: question to you, Ian, is probably about the head coach. Uh, Maybe more probably about Joe Douglas, actually, I suppose. But, like, the state of the O-line, like, he's had a long time to build it and it really hasn't, uh, like, progressed in any shape or form to something that you can build on. Um, Like, for me, it's definitely his biggest failure. But is that failure... Enough to start questioning his ability to build a roster.
1: I'm not sure because, to be honest, if you look at Becton, can you blame him for Becton's Becton's health issues? Can you blame him for AVT uh, going on IR this year? I don't because they're two big guys he brought in and they should be, if they're fit, they should be, a lot. The offensive line should be a lot better. Like he'd no choice to bring in Brown, and Brown's kind of done a job for him. Fant has been a major bust this year because of health reasons. Um. Then you've got Tomlinson is the big question mark for me. He came in with a big salary. I thought he was going to be the bee's knees. To be honest, I thought he was going to upgrade the, the offensive line. Um, but like that, he's been a big letdown to me. And then the centre, I don't know what to make this sure. year. Because some stages he looks good, other stages he looks absolutely like he's going to get the quarterback killed. Like there's times there where you look at him and he's standing at the huddle and it's like he doesn't give a shit.
0: So, just a case of being like maybe where we come up against weak D lines, that our O line looks good a couple of games. But when we come up against kind of real defenses with a genuine pass rush, they look lost. Like, as in, they can't even open up gaps to run the ball. Like, a lot of the success I've noticed in terms of running the ball this year was either kind of a bit of individual brilliance by Hall or uh, yeah. guys moving and running, you know, like yeah. having those kind of end around plays, uh, moving all linemen out into space and stuff like that. You know, there was a lot of really, really good yardage gain like that. But in terms of, like, breaking through the line with a big hole in the middle, th- there wasn't really that many runs that I can remember that, you know, kind of set the season alight. It was... It was always kind of to the outside with a bit of brilliance from Hall, or it was him sneaking through a hole that didn't look like it was there and, and beat a couple of guys to run for 30, 40 yards. I, I just think, you know, the offense, like everything comes from the O line. You know, if you don't have a run game, then your passing game struggles if you if there's too much pressure on the passing game, the pass block and struggles, even if that's good, you know what I mean? Like, everything has a knock-on effect to the O-line. Everything that we do good on our offense rests on the O-line. That's the platform that you're, you're building your offense off. And the platform we possess is still probably one of the bottom ones of the league. And that, like, regardless of quarterback play, because, like, you know, like, if if Hall was fit and Tucker was fit and Becton was fit and we could block, Zach Wilson would, would would have looked extremely different. Mike White would have looked extremely different than what they've done. You know, we're getting kind of caught up in like looking at other things and how they're walking when the reason why a lot of it's not walking is because the base isn't there to begin with, you know, and, yeah, like I think that emphasis of fixing the O line, like it's been long enough now. I think that has to be the the most important thing for Joe Douglas this offseason. And with regards to the guys that are there, you mentioned a few guys like Brown and stuff like that. Like what, these, the guys that are playing now at the minute are part of a very subpar O line, you know. And yeah. I can give you one. The only way you can improve it is by swapping those guys out. So yeah, like you know, that's kind of what's gonna have to be done. As I said, Tomlinson is an issue. Like I think he's, a, I think he's actually a seventy million cap hit next year. You know, like and, and it's not like I think we've dead money. We're not even saving any cap if we cut him. So he's here for next year, and maybe it might be a case of moving some money to the following year and. Maybe he'd be, like, maybe more of a capsafe. I'm not sure. But, yeah, it just, it kind of seems like we've got Tucker on him and and the guard. So, the only positions that we can really look to improve is centre and both tackle positions. Now, if Becton come back and can be a good right tackle or a left tackle or if he can come in and play, if, you know, you I would even consider maybe looking at, depending on the draft, uh, keeping um, ABT at right tackle moving forward and potentially drafting or signing a better interior guy, you know, if it meant a better kind of cap sense, shall we say, But or who's available in the draft. But I think, yeah, those probably are three positions that you've got to look to kind of improve first. And then quarterback is kind of the next area to look at. Uh, I think the tight ends that you bring up. Look, I'm okay with kind of giving them another bit of a run next year. I don't think either of them are hugely expensive. Uh, just Actually, I can check here what's, what CJ is. He's 10 million. Yeah, that's kind of a little bit of expensive for what he does. But Conklin at 8.4 million, I think that's probably not a bad price for him, given what he's done year one given what the O-line's been like for protection and given what quarterback play we have, I just wouldn't be prepared to give up on on him uh, yet. Um, he's only like a one million cap saving if we cut him. CJ C- Uzama, like, I think he's kind of one of those sneaky good guys where you can kind of rely on him to pop up with a really, really important catch at some p- point in the game. And yeah, like in terms of... like. He's actually one of the better blocking tight ends in the league, along with Conklin. So as a, the, the premise of getting those two positions right in that regard is good. It's just I think the the guys inside, like the tackles and the rest of the O line, that's kind of bringing that blocking down.
1: Yeah. Well, for me to be honest, Rich, I'm going to raise some eyebrows here, but. I'm not a big fan of Horvig. I think he's a depth player, but he's was played most of the season as right guard, and I thought he was absolute dirt. Um, and then you've got, what's his name, come in there at the weekend, covered from, him, replaced him. We had him last year. Oh, his name escapes me. Um, table yeah, <laughs> Your man it Oh yeah, Duvenet Tardis, was it? And oh, I, yeah. thought he, I thought he was very good now compared to Herbig and it freed up our centre to do some pulls for the run game and there was one big run uh, Johnson had and it was because the centre was able to pull. So he didn't have to look after Herbig. So, the Jets need to either figure out if they're going to keep ABT as a right guard or put him out into right tackle? Well, for me, in the draft, I'm drafting an offensive. T- if the best offensive tackle is there on the board, I'm taking him. And I'm putting him in at right guard or right tackle. If not, I'm grabbing the top centre in round two. And I'm going from there, or the top um, guard in round two. They need to sort out that offensive line. Even if a vet comes in, quarterback, they need to sort out the offensive line once and for all. And, you know, even if Zach Wilson comes in later in the season, they need to have someone in front of them that can actually uh, protect them and give them a little bit of time to try and read the defense and to give the runner-backs some holes to run through. So... Yeah, they need to sort out that. They need to sort out the safety position and the linebacker position. And the other position is, um, I think they need to get in a couple of fat guys on the D-line because Rankins, yeah. I'd let him walk unless he's going to come back on the cheap because the guy in the last two seasons has been very injury-prone, very hit-miss. He's been okay, but they need a fat guy there. They need a Snacks Harrison.
0: The feeling that we've like fully transitioned to that 4-3 because like when when I look at the three linebackers and who they are and how they play, they look kind of like that they're really, really good against the run. Like you always see them showing up with like good stop and tackles. Quincy Williams seems very reliable. You look at CJ Mosley, he's more of a run-stop and middle linebacker than like uh, blitzing one or pass protection. And then, like, you had Quan Alexander that came up during the season and had a few nice plays, big hits. Now, yeah, he was probably a little bit more hot and cold in this regard. But overall, of the three, like, um, do you feel like that, how do you say, they're, they're not playing as well against the run as they should be on paper?
1: Hey, Rich, I've got all the guys that are supposed to be hitting free agency in front of me. You've got Noah Fant, you've McGovern. Sheldon Rankins. You have Flacco, which shouldn't be coming back. Dan Feeney. Uh, you have Greg Zerline. I'd bring him back. You have Joyner. I'd let him walk. Mike White? Question mark. Herbeek? Question mark. Solomon Thomas? Meh. Uh, Quan Alexander? I'd bring him back as a depth piece. Vinny Curry. I'd let him walk. Uh, Agbui... I'd bring him back on the cheap if he was going to be cheap as a depth piece. Nathan Shepherd, if he's going on the cheap, I'd bring him back. If he's not, I'd let him walk. Mike Reemers, I'd let him walk. Drew Samia never heard of him. He can go. Um, Nick Bodden full back. Um, I'd let you him can walk. That yeah, we can <laughs> full back. I think he's been I out since week, up, yeah. I think he's been out since week one <laughs> uh, if Greg Sennett, never heard of him right he can walk Quincy Williams I'd bring him back in the cheap if I could Nazarene I'd let him walk uh, Jeff Smith I'd try and bring him back uh, Bryce Huff, I'd try and bring him back you've got Ty Johnson I'd let him walk Marcel Harris I'd let him walk Cager, i he's gone mm-hmm. Uh, James Robinson. Yeah, James Robinson can go. So there's not many i might bring back. To be honest,
0: uh, just on the Huff one, I guess. Uh, because like what he's probably flashed this year is probably as much as Carl Lawson had flashed at Cincinnati before we handed him fifteen million a year. If it came down to like uh, bringing back Huff. Uh, and cutting Larson or keeping Larson and bringing back Huff may not come to this but like what would you do would you would you because I think um, Huff the weekend had seven snaps I yeah. don't think he was injured or at like that but that was just a little bit confusing to me he usually has in the like maybe 14 to 24 26 range uh, he looks so much better
1: coming off the edge than Larson he looks more of a threat.
0: But is Lawson more durable, as in, like, can play more snaps from that position? Do you know what I mean? Like, as in, is his body, like, adaptable that, like, after he does play 25 snaps, he's still potentially going to get a sack in the fourth quarter, where Huff might need to be that guy that comes in fresh in the fourth quarter after only playing seven and then be effective, you know? As in that, if he maybe plays twenty snaps... That he's just not as effective playing a lot more. Not sure. Are you are back? I don't know. We had a little bit of a fall. <laughs> yeah, it is like it is an interesting question because like uh, I think for a lot of the stages of the season and games where we won and we pl- were playing well and playing c- close games, it was the D line that was keeping us in it. And like I suppose you've got the whole question that will be brought up. Like I don't think personally does any rush in it, but like. Again, like I'm kind of on the opinion here with uh, Quinn and Williams as good as he is, like, and I think he's been amazing this year. Like, that's kind of the plow we expected to see maybe year two and three. Like, it, it's great that he came and showed what he can do finally, and yeah, he's been absolutely amazing. But like, if Week starts coming with his hand out looking for something in the twenty to twenty-five million a year range, I prefer to kind of trade them now. I'm just wondering what your thoughts on that is.
1: Um, For me, I'd, I'd rather keep them because you don't have that many top-end players.
0: Like, let's just say, if you could trade them away for a couple of first-round picks and you're saving 20, 25 million a year that you can spend on other areas of the team and you're getting maybe two or three draft picks from... Uh, you know, and i I'm threatening in that way with two sort right. of cheaper players that could turn right. out to be good. I
1: let's know. Let's say you're a certain team, right? What are you going to offer me?
0: Well, for, I think like he's probably in the top five, He's definitely in the top five interior defensive linemen this year. Uh, probably top three for me, but maybe I'm a little bit biased. And he looks kind of very apparent to, like, be battling to be one of the leaders, I think, after Aaron Donald kind of uh, moves over, which, you know, yeah, you could kind of argue that that Williams may be actually the next best <laughs> interior defensive lineman, and you, you couldn't really argue with that. But, like, and I know he's been injured this year, but like Aaron Donald was getting paid $26 million this year. It was a $26 million cap hit. Um, the uh, cornerback, whose name escaped me, um, oh, what's his name now? Uh, he was on like a $23 million cap hit, and people are wondering why they've won four games. You know, like uh, as good as players are, <laughs> when you pay them too much it's hard to put other guys around them and I think that was kind of evident this year with the Rams as in that like those guys give a lot of money uh, back last year to afford more talent to win a Super Bowl and the Rams are kind of having to pay those guys now and they just don't have enough talent left on the roster to, to be any good this year you know and I, I think when you kind of look at CJ Mosley being on the roster like that if you've got Williams has been added to the roster like that with maybe like a 22 to 25 million cap hit. You know, like teams don't reach a Super Bowl with players that expensive on the roster. So for me, to get rid of that hindrance to, to reach a Super Bowl, trading them for players that may or may not work out, but also like trading his cap room for other players of value, I think ultimately would be the way I go despite been him being so good. Like like if I had the choice between uh giving a first round pick for Patrick Mahomes and his contract, I would pass. Like if Kansas City offered me two first round picks and Patrick just to take Patrick Mahomes contract, I'd probably struggle. That's how much I, I like value the cap because like it's hard enough to win the Super Bowl in. Are we really, as Jet fans, expected to believe that we can become the, the first team to ever pay a guy that much and and reach one? The odds of that are extremely, extremely slim for me, you know. Right. What is your offer?
1: What is your offer? Sorry? I said, you're supposed to be the team offering picks to me for Williams. What is your offer? So I can say yes or no.
0: Uh, really? If you could get. Uh, If you look at Jamal Adams as a basis for a trade, if you could get a trade like you got for Jamal Adams, would you take it?
1: Oh, it depends on probably the team. If there's a shit team offer me them picks, probably.
0: Well, if you knew the contract that they were going to sign him to was going to reduce the win total. You know what I mean? Like, if that's your basis for getting rid of him in the first place, like, like, for example, you knew, like, if you were Seattle getting rid of Russell Wilson, that he was actually going to negatively impact the wins. You you know what I mean? Like, regardless of what the the win record is, it's probably less because he's now on the roster. I,
1: uh, I wouldn't like to trade him but if I was offered something stupid I probably would but like that I'd rather cut CJ Mosley I'd do uh, that too (laughs) or make
0: him reduce the salary to under 20 million because yeah like teams have reached the Super Bowl with guys under 20 million playing a non-quarterback position so we wouldn't have to be the forced team to do that but like yeah, like for me, like the way this modern NFL is now, if if something doesn't make sense and we expect the Jets to be the first team to ever do it, I, I would rather stay away from it has been the, the the plan to go to, you know?
1: Well if I knew a quarter a vet quarterback was gonna come in um let's say Aaron Rodgers was coming in, I'd have no problem trading him away because I'd be getting back picks that <laughs> I can feed. I understand, like because you're going to need that cap space for a, a top-end vet quarterback. Would you would you would you spend the money on a top-end vet?
0: Top-end quarterback, yeah. Like I mean, if somebody like, um, let's just say uh, the guy, I think he's going to be a free agent as well down in Tennessee, uh, Tannenhill. He's oh. been like. A, a 20 million kind of guy for a couple of years getting paid no. like crazy money for his talent level.
1: Uh, would you I, I, be willing I, to spend I, that
0: type of I'd personally rather like him or
1: I'd rather or Derek, Carr, or... I'd rather Derek Carr than him because he doesn't give you enough for what you're paying him for. Um, because he's as good as what he is because of the run game in Tennessee. That's that's why he like he, when he was a, with Miami he he wasn't that good.
0: So yeah, no. I'm, you know, not, I'm, just, I'm just saying mean, is I'm just giving mean. you a list of average teams with expensive quarterbacks yeah. who aren't reaching Super Bowls. If, if I know? Had,
1: if there was a quarterback out there that's going to hit free agency and wasn't going to be, be, get paid, I'd bring him back. as Geno Smith, but I think Seattle's going to pay him, and they're going to hold on to their picks and they're not going to go quarterback in the draft. That's the way I look at it. The other thing is, would you bring back Sand Darnold? Because Matt is going to love this question.
0: Um, depending on the price, but yeah, like I wouldn't be opposed to it. Like if he came in under 10 million a year or something like that, yeah, I think he's quite capable of being an NFL quarterback. Like, yeah. honestly, when Baker Mayfield became available during the season, I would have replaced Flacco with him. Why not? Flacco can't come in and do anything. Like, as stupid as that may sound, this guy's cheap and can win in the NFL. Do you know what I mean? Geno Smith's cheap and is winning in the NFL. It's not yeah. about what you wear before. It's about what you play under. Like, I mean, you've got people out there thinking that Kansas City can win the Super Bowl this year paying the quarterback $26 million. When they couldn't win it last year when you were paying them six, like the chances have decreased hugely because of that. And it's not like, you know what I mean? Is he a bad quarterback? No, but it, it becomes harder to win things the more you pay them. You know what I mean? Like you lose your advantage of how good they are because other teams can put more talent around their quarterback than you can. Right. We've
1: uh, a couple of minutes left, right? Last game of the season, last prediction, Miami on the road, um, Miami is down to their third-string quarterback at the moment. Um, what say you?
0: I think based on the last two games, the way they've come out and played against the Jags and uh, Seattle, I think we've got no chance. You know, uh, The only chance I think we do have is if that they actually come out and play for a coach, which I'm not 100% sure they're going to do. Well, so, yeah, you know. I think I'll go for a loss this week, Ian. Uh I wouldn't be surprised if they did come out and do stuff and, and win. Be- and maybe Miami doesn't take it seriously. But, you know, Miami's still in the hunt for the playoffs. So, I think they're going to want to play regardless of how many strings they have, you know. But, you know, that could be a time when the Jets come out with no pressure and actually get the win. So, for me, going on Rich, the last
1: couple of games as a no. Rich, for me, Salah turned around and told the told, uh, to media that he was going to be starting his Vets. He's not, a, he's not starting any of the, the young young guys like Rooker Rook or that. But like that, Jets, an awful lot of Jets players are going to be hit pre-agency. So they're going to be playing for a new contract or a contract with another team. So I'm going to go for a win. No. <laughs> Squish oh, the fish. That's yeah. <laughs> Fish to fish, so yeah, it's sports social podcast network.